Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we praise you. We praise you. We honor you today. Hallelujah. 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 You're a worthy God. You're a gracious God. You're a good God today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 What would happen this morning if everyone in this room mixed faith with the Word? What would happen in your life? What would happen in this place? What would happen in this nation? What would happen in this world if everyone in this room this morning mixed faith with the Word? What would happen? The Bible said of ancient Israel, who the Bible proclaimed they had the gospel preached unto them as we had it preached unto us. You say, when did Paul preach to them? When did Peter preach to them? They heard it through type and foreshadow. They all drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. That serpent on the end of the pole, the one who was made to be sin, who knew no sin, so that our sins could be forgiven, it was a type of Jesus Christ. Smiting the rock and the water coming out of the smitten rock, Jesus was smitten, stricken, and afflicted. Amen. That was a type of Jesus Christ. He said, I am the true bread that comes down out of heaven. But in type, when they ate the manna, it was a type of the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. That would be meat indeed. Type and foreshadow is all over the Old Testament. And ancient Israel had the gospel preached unto them. Just like we have it preached unto us. But it did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Can you say amen? When they heard the good report, they didn't have any faith in the good report. I'm going to tell you something. Everybody's got faith. It wasn't matter of no faith. It was matter of faith in the wrong thing. Misdirected faith. You've got to have faith you're going to fail to give up and quit. Whether you realize it or not, when you give up and quit, you are using faith. There are people today who have got an I can't handle it attitude instead of I can do all things through Jesus Christ. Amen? There are so many people with faith in the negative. Someone said you need to get, around, get away from people that are, that are always negative. I thought, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? I can't pastor a church. There's a lot of negative people sitting around church houses. You're going to meet some. Negativism. Negative. Negative. Always negative. We've got a whole negative culture, a negative society. The light is green as long as it is red. But nobody ever says go to the green light and turn left. Amen. Amen. Come on, we live in a negative culture. Isn't it green as long as it is red? Well, wouldn't it be proper to say, go down to the second green light? You know, if you told somebody to go to the second green light and turn left, they'd look at you and say, what? That ain't no green light. 
You need glasses. That red light. That thing must stop you. You're supposed to stop, son. It's easy to be negative. The whole world is running on negativism. And the last days would be marked with negativism. Everything will kill you. My son come in the other day mad as an old wet hen. My 43-year-old, my 53-year-old, he... Anyway, we'll, we'll go back to the 43-year-old. <laughs> he, come in, he come in mad as an old wet hen because he got on the Internet seeing what foods would do this and what... You know, you, know, you can start running things out on the Internet. And he said, he said, can't eat nothing. You can't eat nothing, Daddy. You can't eat nothing. <laughs> he said, everything hurts you somehow. <laughs> I mean, he became a vegetarian for a little while out of fear. And he would go to the subway, what a waste, and get a sandwich with no meat on it. He'd just go load it up with veggies and mayonnaise. And I said, son, get, get back on that internet and look and see what it says about not getting enough protein. And he did. And when he found out what would happen if you didn't get enough protein, we went back to the subway. And he got that big old chicken thing, the chicken thing, and he got extra meat. And he ate the whole thing with a side of tater chips. Amen. <laughs> Y'all don't know nothing about no tater chips. You just, you, it's potato. <laughs> it's potato chips. And, and your vase is a vase too, right? No, no, you, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. He ate, he, he, and he ate the whole thing and he said, Daddy, that was so good. I said, you know, number one, you're hungry. You're half starved. And number two, your body is craving protein. Did you know that they actually said that your body will crave what you need? So the next time you want a big mess of greens, your body needs something that is in the greens. And that's why you just get a, you get a longing for it, a yearning for it. Amen. You really do. Something in it your body needs. And you say, I, I, I really would like to have Sometimes I want fish. I don't want, I don't want, I want baked fish, broiled fish. I just feel like I, and I eat that fish and I'm so satisfied. Don't have to eat a lot of it. Just get it in my system. Maybe it's the iodine. I don't know. Amen. But my son, because of fear, he had, he had, he's, He's 43 years old. He's taller than me, and he weighs 130 pounds. And I said, son, you've got you to eat something and not be afraid of everything. Use wisdom. All things are to be received when it's sanctified with the word and prayer. Pray over it and enjoy it, your life. Don't go back on the internet and read every article about everything. It made him so mad. He says, you can't eat nothing, Daddy. You can't eat nothing. I said, you can't live on nothing. You've got to eat something. Pray over it. And then get over it. And I'm not saying to go out and do things you know. It's lack of wisdom. I try to eat healthy, but I don't worry. So my grandmother was 105 years old when she passed away. She had just turned 105. And she didn't like the lean part of anything. 
She liked the fatty part of anything. She didn't care for the white meat. She wanted the dark meat. She didn't like it baked or broiled. She wanted it fried, deep fried if possible. Can you say amen? <laughs> Come on, don't mess up my fried chicken by baking him. Amen. Let's fry that bad boy. Amen. In the grease from the last time we fried one. Can you say amen? She wanted them Popeye's biscuits. I'd take her Popeye's biscuits. You know, she usually did it herself, but, you know, I'd give her a break sometime, and, and I'd bring, bring the biscuits from Popeye's. And you knew they were her kind of biscuits because you can already see the grease coming through the bag by the time you get it from Popeye's to her house. That's just like five guys' hamburgers right down the road. Good hamburger, fresh french fries. But you will not get it from the counter to the table until the bottom of the bag is starting to get wet. <laughs> it's not very wise to eat all the, you know, fried foods and everything. But it's not very wise to live in constant fear. Fear hath torment, the Bible said. Fear hath torment. But we have known and believed the love. And everywhere you turn, it's not enough to know it in your head. You have to believe it from your heart. We have known and believed in 1 John. We have known and believed. And I'm talking about faith today. That's what we're coming to. We have known and believed. It's not enough to know it in your head. You've got to believe it from your heart. We've known and believed the love that God has for us. Known and believed. And believed. And believed. They had the gospel preached to them like we had the gospel preached to us. But it did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. They heard the word of the Lord. The truth about God. They heard the, the good report. From Joshua and Caleb, let's go up at once and possess the land, for we are well able. They didn't believe it. They did not believe it. And a 40-day journey took 40 years. If they had went straight from where they were to where God wanted them to be, it would have took them a 40-day journey as the crow flies. But they didn't. They started doubting him after they saw the Red Sea part. They started doubting God after he fed them in the wilderness. They continued to doubt God. And Psalm 78 said it provokes him. See, that's why without faith it is impossible to please him. Because nothing he purposes can be realized in your life unless you believe. He purposes to save you. But you've got to believe on Him. You've got to repent of your sin and do what? And believe. As many as received Him, to them He gave the power to become the sons of God. Amen. Go and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes... And is baptized shall be saved. We know that includes repentance and trust in Christ. He that believes, but he that believes not shall be damned. 
That's why it's impossible. It's not a matter of you driving a car that represents, look what God has given me. No, this is way beyond the physical and the material world. You can't please God without believing Him because you can't even get saved without believing. It requires faith. By grace, He supplies the grace. By grace, you are saved through faith. It is the gift of God, but it has to be believed to be received. Everybody say Passover. In the Passover, what were they celebrating? They were celebrating their deliverance from the death angel and therefore the beginning of the deliverance from Egypt. And how, what did they do? They had to take a lamb, a type of Christ, the gospel being preached to them. They had to take a lamb and they started out good. You take a lamb without spot, without blemish. You slay that lamb. You take the blood of that lamb, you put it on the doorpost. And I always say the threshold also because they used hyssop generally to take that. They also used it for washing purposes. Wash me with hyssop, that plant that you can pull. It's, you can use it like a brush. And they put it on the doorpost and they put it on the top and it dripped and ran down the sides, it dripped from the top, so that there was blood on all four corners of the threshold. And God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And they celebrated that once a year after he took them out of Egypt. They took a lamb without spot, without blemish they slayed that innocent lamb they put the blood on the doorpost they ate of the lamb's body they boiled it and ate it so god through the lamb supplied the blood but they by faith had to apply the blood can you say amen just because the lamb had been slain wouldn't have kept no death angel from no Hebrew's house. They had to act on his word. Everybody say act on his word. Now people that are sitting here trying to have faith, start acting on his word. Acting on his word is the way we express our faith. He didn't ask them to have some big supernatural something. He asked them to take hyssop and put the blood where he told them to put it. It was within their capability to do that from the least of them to the greatest of them. Some people don't use. It's a matter really of knowing how to use your faith and using the faith you have. I, I don't believe a lot of people in this room need bigger faith or better faith. You need to know how to use and when to use the faith that you have. Because you got faith. You got faith in something. You say, I don't have faith in nothing. Yeah, you do. You got faith in nothing. <laughs> Can you say, man, you just opened your mouth and told me you have faith in nothing. And nothing from nothing leaves nothing. And according to your faith, according to your faith, Nothing lies beyond the reach of prayer than that that lies beyond God's will. And when you discover His will, you've got the faith to believe. You couldn't have got saved if God didn't give you the measure of faith 
Everyone can be saved. We're without excuse. Because every man, without exception, every atheist has enough faith to be saved. He may not choose to be saved. He may not want to be saved. But he's got the faith to be saved. Because the Scripture declares every man, to every man is given the measure of faith. And it don't take a whole lot, as the song says. You just got to use every bit you got. Can you say, man? You got to use it. Because faith without works, according to the book of James, is dead. How dead? Graveyard dead. I'm so glad you're back, my brother. Hallelujah. And how dead is graveyard dead? There's a funeral home as you turn the corner. If they're going to have a funeral this week, in the back of that home, there's a cadaver. That's a dead body. Amen. You just go in there and, and holler at that dead body. In fact, if nobody's looking, you can slap it. It ain't going to cuss you. It ain't going to get up and hit you. Because it's graveyard dead. And that's why they're going to put it in the ground. Amen. And faith without works, everybody say corresponding actions. Acting on the Word. Somebody said, I have all the faith in the world. Uh, we, we don't like to hear that we don't have. Well, you know something? You don't need all the faith in the world. If you had faith, Jesus said, and you do because to every man it was given. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. I was in the Christian bookstore uh, this week getting baptismal certificates. And if you've been baptized in water, print your full name somewhere and give it to me. Get it to me so that we don't spell it wrong on your certificate. Those people that were here and baptized. Amen. And because Zacharan is still hard for me to spell. How do you spell it? J-A-I. Put it on a piece of paper and give it to me. Hallelujah. You know, she, she probably will. She'll say, J-A-I, put it on a piece of paper. And I'll say, I know that's not your name. She said, well, I'm just obedient to my pastor. That's all I can tell you. Amen. Corresponding actions. Corresponding actions. We're trying to make faith a complicated thing. And the worst thing we ever did to faith is make it a force within us. Faith is... Object is not a... You don't just read the Bible and suddenly get up one morning believing. In the Word of God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. And the Word, before it reveals a promise, before it points you to a promise, it points you to a person. A person. Because there's nobody in here can build your faith by reading promises enough to obtain a promise. Because a promise is only as good as the person who made it. But when you get a revelation and a real realization of the person, then you can have faith in the promise. But until you know the person, you can't have faith in the promise. Through faith, they obtained promises. And out of weakness, we're made strong. Waxed valiant in fight. 
See, there's a holy boldness that comes when you really begin to know the Lord enough to consider him worthy of your trust. Did you know there are people that come in here, and I love them, and I'm not here to put them down. I'm here to try to lift them up. But you've got to mix faith with the word. There are people that come in week after week. They've been under the word of God for year after year. And they haven't mixed enough faith with the word yet to cast their burden on the Lord. Amen? How do you know they haven't? (laughs) Because they're carrying it. If you haven't cast your burden on the Lord, you're carrying it. And if you're carrying it, it's obvious. Because you're beaten down. What did it say? What, what are we to do? We're trying to help people believe God. Lift up the hands that hang down. You need more than sympathy. You need victory. If you ever see me broke down the side of the road, don't just sympathize with me. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Yeah. Yeah, 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 don't just holler out the window, praying for you, preacher. So sad, isn't it? Poor Brother Venable. Car broke down the side of the road. It's so hot out there, Lord. I hope he don't have another stroke. Trying to jack that thing up and look under it. And No, no, no. Just stop and take me somewhere where, you know, get some help or get some gasoline. Faith without works is dead. Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. Cast your burden upon the Lord. Cast your burden upon the Lord. Remember the song, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Do you ever hear the rest of that that's supposed to follow it? The other song? Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord and and leave it there. Leave it there. This is too important to trust God with. I can't just leave it there. You don't understand what I'm facing. You don't understand my concerns. I've got a right to worry. Honey, you need to give up that right to worry. You need to see the green light, not just the red light. You need to see the glass half full, not half empty. You need to see God bigger than your mountain, bigger than your problem, bigger than your doubt, bigger than your own unbelief. Hallelujah. And put your trust in that faithful one, that unwavering one, that mighty one. Hallelujah. That eternal one. Cast your burden on the Lord. How do you do that? I'm glad that you asked because cast, normally we would think of as, here God, yeah, throwing. Here God, you've got it. I cast my burden on the Lord. I don't have it anymore. No, that's not what the word cast means in the Hebrew. It means roll it over onto another Roll it over onto another. I need a big man that can carry a burden. I'm so glad you're here today. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
In fact, I'm not supposed to carry burdens. I went through nervous exhaustion, not because God wasn't faithful and grace wasn't sufficient. I went through nervous exhaustion because I carried the burden instead of casting the burden on Him. I was embarrassed that I had been broken by the burden of ministry, the burden of my own personal family problems, the burden that that cometh upon me daily, the care of people in the church. And you know when you've got your own family issues going on, like a son that went crazy for a bunch of years, amen, they used to play in church and ended up playing in the bars, and getting a call from the hospital in the wee hours of the morning that he's, he's bleeding, throwing up blood internally. And then they turn around because they want to go in his belly and see where the blood is coming from. And they turn around and he's left the hospital. And they didn't see him leave. And he's out there in the darkness somewhere and the devil's screaming in my ear, Your son is going to die in the front seat of his car parked somewhere in the darkness. The devil said, and I'm going to take his soul. And I'm going to take his life. And I fell to my knees because I couldn't stand the weight of the burden that was on me. Amen. You can't just write that off. You can't just slough that off. Amen. You, you have to find a way to deal with it. And the only way to deal with it, the only option I had, I couldn't go to the hospital and be with him because he left and he didn't call anybody and nobody knew where he was. My only option was to trust him to God. And I'm going to tell you something. When there's no, it, it becomes easy to do that. When you give up every other option and you even give up worrying. Because my worry can't contribute nothing to his help or his health. But it will contribute to my breakdown of intercession. Me breaking down with worry until I can. I saw people so worried and fearful pre-election. I'm glad it's over. Pray for kings and those that are in authority. They're going to need prayer. Amen. But I saw so many worried Christians. And I thought, what happened to the God who is in control? When did he become anemic? When did he leave his throne? When did politics trump God? When did politicians trump God? When did God say, I can only send revival, I can only save your nation if we get this political person in? When did God need man? When could man stop him in that? Oh, while I'm on that vein, when could the devil stop him? When could hell stop him? He's built a church so strong that the gates of hell itself cannot prevail against it. And I like what Shambach said, the devil goes about as a roaring lion, but Jesus pulled his teeth at Calvary. But he also went on to say that the shame is that too many Christians are being gummed to death by a toothless lion. Cast your burden on the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. We want to turn it around where there's no faith involved. We want God to sustain us so we can trust Him with what's bugging us. He said, no, you take the move. 
I will sustain you, but you've got to trust me to do it. You've got to have faith in me to do it. You've got to give it to me. Can I show you how this works in the Hebrew? This is my burden. I need a little help with this. Cast your burden on the Lord. Cast means to roll it over onto another. And number one, walk over there that way. You can stop right there. And I'm over here. Number one, first step in faith is not just believing God. It's getting close to God. It's getting close to God. It's getting close, drawn near to me. I'm going to take... You head my way when I head your Don't come till I head your way. Come on, this is biblical. They're in the middle of a storm. And the storm's about to sink the boat. And they see a man on the water walking it. And he knew there was a storm because he was in it with them. He just wasn't in the boat with them. He's in the storm with them. He's right there. Amen. And the Bible said, and he would have passed them by. If you don't need me enough to call on me, if you don't need me enough to trust in me, then you must not need me at all. If you can handle it, if you can take it, if you can use your own energy, intelligence, and ingenuity to get through it, then you don't need me. But if you need me, I'll come to you. Can you say, man, he would have passed them by. Oh, hallelujah. That's why blind Bartimaeus said, Son of David, have mercy on me. There's so many people sitting around feeling pity for themselves and wondering why in the Lord, why in the world the Lord doesn't do something about my situation. Well, have you called on him? Have you sought him? Have you put down the remote? Have you got that sign on your car that says, I'll turn loose of my remote when they pry it from my cold, dead fingers? Can you say, man, Nick, just tear that right off before, <laughs> before we get outside. Amen. Can you put down the remote? Can you put down all of your agenda long enough to draw near to God? You don't get to know somebody walking distant from Him. But getting close to somebody. Can you say man, Hallelujah. But the Bible said, Cast your burden on the Lord. He shall sustain you. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. It means to roll it over on another. It's about a person trusting a person. It's not just... It's not... It's, it's not the tiptoe through the tulips type of faith. I ain't got no problems. All I got is answers. La, 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 la. No, it's not positive thinking. It's just being positive that the person you're trusting is faithful. Hallelujah. Can you say man? Cast your burden on the Lord means to roll it over onto another. And that means you've got to be close to that person. And we're trying to go to faith meetings without teaching how to seek God. We want to just use a force without getting to know God or seek God. Amen. And the master key to faith is seeking God and getting close enough to Him that you know Him. For they that do know their 
God shall be strong and do exploits. One translation says they will be, and you can put it down, praise God. Hallelujah. How many know He's big enough to take that? And handle that. There's no need me carrying it if he's standing here saying, let me have. Oh, by the way, draw nigh to God. And he will what? Draw nigh to you. Praise God. Oh, friend. Hallelujah. Cast your burden upon the Lord. He will sustain you. Hallelujah. He will never. He's so faithful. If you put your trust in Him, He's not going to fail you. He will not fail you. You say, but I did. Oh, no, 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 no. It can't be on His end. Come on, it's got to be on my end. I got to own that thing before I'm going to get any help in my life. I can't keep blaming the devil. I can't keep blaming people who failed me. Because I've got a faithful father who loves me and gave his son for me. I've got a faithful sovereign savior. But he's not just my king. He is my, my, my savior, not just my sovereign. He calls me friend. You got friends in high places. And you know what the cares of this life is doing to the Word? People been under the Word for years and can't give their burden to the Lord. The worry is choking the Word. The worry is choking the Word. The worry is choking the Word. Some seed, holy seed, the Word of God, fell among thorns. It came up. It wasn't like the other seed that got stolen and had no root. It took root. It began to grow. And that's the tragedy. So close to victory. It began to grow. Bear fruit. If it had become mature, it would have bore fruit. And what the fruit of the Spirit, the change in our character. But there's another fruit or product of the Word. And that is faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God because it's through the Word of God that we really get to know God. And in the Old Covenant, when they found out something about His character, they would apply it to Him by name. When they found out He would give victory in battle, they would apply that victory in battle to His name because if you ever find out anything that He is... He will never change. He will always be who He is. He will never change His mind. He will never change in His character. Praise God. That's why He's called a rock. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Like the shadow of a rock in a dry and thirsty land. God is unchanging. Unchanging. I meet people all the time that have time for everything. But to get in the Word and to get under the Word and to seek God. The Bible said that He is a, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So faith doesn't come by just believing a promise, but by seeking a person. And I'm going to submit to you today, if you seek the healer and find Him, If you seek the healer and find him, you can be healed by him. If you seek the Savior and find him, and you will, because when you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you as your Savior. He'll save your soul. But you've got to seek 
to find. You've got to knock for it to be opened. There's an activity on our part. And faith brings holy activity. God never asks you to do the supernatural. He does the heavy lifting. Roll the stone away. Bring him water. Could you help roll a stone away? That's not the question. Sure you could. The question is, would you help? Would you help roll the stone away? Could you bring him a vessel of water? When the problem and the issue is not water, it's wine. Could you lay aside your Ph.D., your logic, your reasoning? Is God big enough? When I found out I had nothing but God to trust, I found out that's all I needed was God. I could have got sick that night. I could have have had a heart attack. My blood pressure could have spiked. Fear could have... You know what the word fear means in the Latin, where the way they render it? It means when a wolf grabs a sheep or its prey by the neck... It goes for the neck. It wants a quick kill, and then it can eat at its leisure. But it wants that quick kill. And it kills by strangulation. As big as those teeth are, as powerful as those jaws are, it wants to crush the larynx and strangle its victim. And as soon as the victim is strangled to death, then it can destroy it completely. Fear hath torment. And by the way, let's get this settled real quick. Don't absolve yourself for entertaining negativism and fear by blaming it on a spirit from the netherworld. I want you to hear me clearly. I know the scripture you're thinking of. I know know stinking thinking. Amen. I know when it's out of context. I hear scripture, more scripture quoted me than you can shake a stick at. But a whole bunch of it is out of context. And when it's out of context, it's a pretext. And you don't pay no attention to it. The devil quotes scripture, but he don't quote it in context. He uses it to confirm his lies or to get you off, off kilter, off target. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, Timothy, you got faith. You're not using it because you're discouraged, but you got it. You say, how can you be discouraged and have faith? Everybody in here with faith can be discouraged if you don't use the faith you have. If you don't cast your burden on the Lord, pretty soon you're going to doubt Him. Because you're going to doubt His love and say, why don't He take this burden from me? Well, why didn't He just come take it off of me? Why didn't He just come over and take it? He sees me with that burden. Why didn't He just jump over there and grab it? Because there's a law of faith. As your faith be, so be it unto you. Don't blame God for my lack of faith. You've got enough trouble with the devil. You don't need to be in trouble with God too. What did they do in the wilderness when they didn't have anything to eat? Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? How can He feed us out here? How can He possibly feed the things that are impossible with men are possible with God if they just knew that 
basic fundamental truth. Took them 40 years to get to where 40 days would have took them if it wasn't for doubt and unbelief. And when Joshua and Caleb saw the obstacles to God's promised land and God's purpose for Israel, who did they believe? Did they believe Joshua and Caleb? No. They believed the spies that brought back what the Bible said an evil report. And you know what the Bible said in the book of Hebrews? Lest there be any of you come shorter of entering into his rest. Where is that place of rest? It's not the promised land geographically. It's that place in God where you trust him enough that you can lay your head down and sleep at night because God's got it. It's that place where you are living in, in his purpose. And you know that if anything gets in the way of that, even a mountain of opposition, that you can speak to the mountain because God wants it gone. And if you speak to that mountain after putting it in God's hands and trusting God with it, and doubt not in your heart that what you say is going to come to pass because he said it first. The only way you can doubt, not doubt what you say, is to find out that He said it first. If He said the mountain that stands before you will become as a plain, not by might nor power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord, then you, be, you are well able to sell that mountain. You be, you're going to have to move, mountain. God ain't going to back up on what He said. So it's either God's going God's to move or the mountain's going to move. Who's going to blink? God made the mountain. God made the universe. Who's going to blink when they stare each other down? Mountain says, I ain't moving. God says, oh yeah? Oh yeah? You ain't moving? You ain't moving? I made you. I made the moon, the earth, the stars, and the universe. A mountain can't defy me. The doubt, the unbelief, the accusations that are, are, are heavenward. We can't have a move of God accusing Him of unfaithfulness. We can't have a move of God being so negative. We can't, we can't say, why won't God take the burden when He told you to give it to Him? Which in effect means trust Him with it. If I didn't trust Him with it, I'd fall apart. I'd come apart at the seams. Oh, hallelujah. But I found him to be trustworthy. And those trials made me stronger. I found out how to trust him on my knees and on my face. Not standing up and making declarations initially, but down on my face before God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I remember when God delivered my son from the beginning of an addictive life. I remember when he said, Daddy, Daddy, we had just played in a club. I, we stay in motels and we, we played in the club, sometimes in the Holiday Inn rooms and different places, the impacts. He said, Daddy, we played in that club. And everybody in the band went back afterwards to the motel room. Uh, they went back to take whatever drugs we had. We already had the alcohol, everybody buying us drinks. He said, we went back to the motel room. I'm in intercession. I don't know what he's doing. He stayed away from me. We'd go 10 months without seeing or hearing from him. Didn't know if he's alive. Didn't know he's dead. Didn't know what he was doing. 
He ran from our presence, but he couldn't run from our prayers. Oh, you didn't hear me today. He ran from our presence, but he couldn't run from our prayers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he couldn't run from the one that prayer had sicked on him. The Holy Spirit. I call him respectfully, lovingly, the hound of heaven. He couldn't outrun the hound of heaven. Can you say, man? Glory. Oh, listen. The hound of heaven had to sniff you out too. Can you say, man? You didn't choose him initially. No, you didn't. You didn't just get raised in a Christian home and decide to become a Christian. He had. No man comes to me except my Father. Draw him. And the Holy Spirit is the one he sent to convince the world of sin and of judgment and of unrighteousness. He drew you. I can tell you the time. I can take you to the place where the Lord saved me by His wonderful grace. Cannot tell you why. Cannot tell you how. But we'll understand it better in the by and by. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. He said, I walked in that room ready to do whatever they were doing. He said, it was afternoon. I had already gotten up and hadn't had anything to drink, hadn't taken any kind of drug. I had went somewhere to take care of something, probably a pawn shop. And he used to pawn all his equipment and go get it and pawn it and go get it and pawn it and go get it. He said, when I came back to the motel room, it was a 90-degree day. And they had left the stove on. It was a kitchenette thing, and they left a gas stove on. And that place was 100 degrees, but they were too high to know it. He said, I stepped through the threshold, and he said, Dad, it's like a light came on. It's like a light came on. Have you ever seen the comic where somebody gets an idea and they show a light bulb above their head? Amen. I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost can do. Amen. Those that are bound by the prince of darkness in a prison of darkness, he can switch on the light. I saw the light. I saw the light. No more in darkness. No more in night. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now I've traded the wrong for the right. Because praise the Lord. I saw the light. Can you say man? The Bible said the God of this world. Has blinded the minds of men. Lest they would see the glory. Of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And be saved. The God of this world is a liar. He's a murderer. Because he's a liar. If you don't buy his lie, he can't hurt you. If you don't buy into his lie, he cannot harm you. Can you say, man, the armor is to overcome his wiles. His strategy of deceit and therefore defeat and he's deceiving and defrauding christians out of what is rightfully theirs in jesus christ you have a right to have peace of mind you have a right to have the joy of jesus you have a right to have the understanding that god will help you and that right early he's not just aloof in his heaven he's a very present help in the time of trouble Hallelujah. Call upon me in the time of trouble. This is God challenging you to trust Him. Don't just sit there and complain about the trouble. He said when you can pray, when you can call on me. Hallelujah. Whatever you ask in prayer, believing. 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 Not just complaining. Did you know you can complain in prayer? 
You can just complain to God about your circumstance instead of believe Him. Don't try to get sympathy when you need victory. My flesh wants sympathy. I'm bad about that. You see that little black spot on my thumb? I hit it again. I hit it with a hammer like I've hit it with a hammer so many times before. We got masonry walls and Pamela wants something hung up. I've got to try to get something hammered in and it's going to turn. It's not going to go in straight and I'm going to hit my thumb. The first thing that's going to happen is it's going to give me a little test. Amen. I remember when they started a drug rehab. I got, I got, a, I got a fist bump coming right here. <laughs> Give me five. Down low. All right. Praise God. It's going to test me a little bit. I went into a, a, a house that had been converted into a halfway house for drug addicts in Tampa just after Teen Challenge had started to talk to them and pray with them and say, you're in our city and we're glad to have you. Anything we can do to help, we're going to support you in prayer. Two, two men were running that place. They had a whole bunch of young people in there coming off the streets of Tampa because of trusting Jesus, getting off of drugs. And They had a ta- table in another room, big long table to eat on, but the bench they built for it came out into the doorway. And all them hungry young people, when I say young, under 30, <laughs> you know, when they, when they rung that little dinner bell, it's time to come and get your hot dogs and pork and beans and whatever they had. People would go running in there. And they would inevitably hit the corner right below the knee. And, and I said, you know, somebody ought to just cut the end of that off. Just bring one of them saws down there and cut the end of it off. He said, oh, no, preacher. I said, that's our religion tester. I said, what? He said, that's our religion tester. He said, when somebody goes in there and hits that thing, and he said, I've done it myself, it hurts. He said, if they say what they're used to saying, we know they need a lot more prayer and sanctification. But he said, if they go and they happen to hit that thing, and they say, oh, thank you, Jesus, bless you, Lord, bless your name, hallelujah. Amen. He said, we know we're getting them there. We're getting them there. There's a lot of trials would test your faith. Test your relationship with God. God wants you to pass the test. He wants to reveal to you His faithfulness. He wants you to get experienced in Him. Hallelujah to your faith. It's not in your faith. In effect, your ability to trust Him. But in His faithfulness. Can you say, man, down there in the floor, I just had a little... I just had... A, I just had enough faith. Thou hast a little faith. Hold fast to that that thou hast. He told the church in the, in, in the book of Revelation. You've got a little faith. Hold on to it. Because that little... What's the song? Faith. 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 Just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot, but you got to use every bit you got. Can you say, man? It didn't take a lot of faith to roll the stone away. Because all you had to do was, at His Word, roll the stone away. Everybody say, faith is acting on the Word. Don't wait to feel faith. 
just do what he said. Bring me vessels, not a few. We've run out of drink. What does he want it for? Hush up. Come on, hush. Don't wait till you can believe and figure it out or figure it out so you can believe. Bring him water. Is it, are you capable of bringing anybody water? What does he want with water? There it goes. There you go again. There's our flesh. There we are. Water ain't going to help nothing. Water's not going to change anything. Obedience to God's going to change everything. Because there's nothing impossible with God. So bring Him the water. For heaven's sakes, bring Him the water. His mama said, what did Mary say to them? Whatever He says to you, she's learning. She's learning. She's learning. Whatever He says to you, I know it don't make sense. I know you can't figure it out. I know you don't know. I understand. I get it. But when He says it, when He says it, it's God's Word. It's not, come on now, it's God's Word. Act on it. They brought Him water. And he, turned, he did the supernatural. They did a simple act of faith. If he told you to go get him some water, because we needed, pastor needs some orange juice. He's got a sugar drop. Well, let's hunt some orange juice then, for heaven's sake. There's no orange juice in the refrigerator. Well, bring, bring me some water. Would you bring Jesus some water? Would you stop and say, this ain't orange juice. What's this going to do? Would you start that whole conversation? We just bring him the water. Come on, are we learning? Just bring the man the water. Bring the man the water. He turns, when they give him the water as an act of faith. And they didn't have a lot of faith because they're trying to figure out what he wants with the water. And to help them obey the word, which is the expression of faith. Whatever he says. Nike sold them millions of dollars worth of shoes. Amen. And t-shirts. Because their slogan was, because it was, he was, their target was the athletic crowd. Probably if you go home and stay in your easy chair all day, you won't need Nikes. <laughs> Amen. If you go home this afternoon and head straight for that couch... Don't buy Doug no Nikes for Christmas. <laughs> get, get him some of them rabbit house shoes. <laughs> so his dogs can at least get some activity when he walks. Can you say, man? He got a pit bull and a boxer. They'd love them rabbit. <laughs> They'd love them rabbit house shoes, wouldn't they? Nike, just do it. Just do it. I'm, I'm, I'm frequenting the gym one day a week. And I wouldn't even be going one day a week if I waited till I had the time or energy. Because my wife's got me a honeydew list. And it's to infinity and beyond. Can you say, man? <laughs> And, and it's growing. 
we drive up in the yard. She said, them leaves up in that gutter, somebody needs. And I thought, somebody, somebody, go ahead and tell it like it is, woman. You need to get up there. Just, just go ahead and say it. Look at all that stuff that, that where we keep our garbage can. All the, the squirrels coming, the raccoons coming. They've been trying to tear up some stuff. Look at all that stuff laying around. Somebody needs to... Um, okay, it's a growing list. I don't have time to go to the gym. I haven't got what they messed up. I haven't got the gutters cleaned out. I haven't got this. I haven't. The, boy, how long has it been since the oil has been changed in that automobile? Somebody ought to change that oil. I'm writing it down. <laughs> I don't have time to go to no gym. I got to change the oil, clean the gutters, clean up around the garbage can, and then it's time to eat. And if I've been busy all day after I eat, after I eat, I eat a lot of turkey and baked chicken. I try to stay away from fried foods. And so, <laughs> so. There's something in turkey. Listen, how many people feel like taking a nap after turkey day? You just feel. Did you know what's in that turkey, that baked turkey? L-tryptophan. It is an amino acid. And it will make you just want to lay down and go to sleep. That belly be full. I'm relaxed. I've had two helpings. With gravy. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm ready for a nap. So if I'm looking for energy, it's not going to come after I eat. But Nike says, just do it. Just do it. Don't wait. Take the time. And you know what I found out? If I can just get up and go. I used to go four days a week. I used to be a gym rat. Because I wanted to be like you. Ooh, ooh. I want to be tall like you, slim like you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can you say, man? I want to be like Cherie. I want to be tall. I want to be thin. I want to be muscular and athletic. So I went four days a week. Four days a week. I didn't miss it. I went. And I found out I would feel really bad. And I would get in the gym. I'd get in the middle of a workout. And I'd start feeling good. Amen. Suddenly energy would start to come to me because I'm doing it. And it felt so good when it got done. Then I could go home and have some nanner pudding. <laughs> I didn't feel guilty over banana pudding when I got home because I really worked out in that gym. Amen. I went from 212 pounds down to 153 pounds. And what was left was muscle. Wow. I got ripped up. Pastor got abs. I had me some abs and couldn't show it to nobody. <laughs> that was too bad, too. Because I worked hard for those abs. hundred sit-ups and, <laughs> you know, all of that stuff. And you know what I found out? I found out that the people that were in professional bodybuilding and powerlifting were more disciplined and dedicated to their sport than Christians are to their God. And I say, oh, so I see why. It wasn't God's unfaithfulness over here. It wasn't God not being good and kind and merciful and making a provision and protecting over there. 
It was the flabby faith and the lack of dedication of his people. So the Apostle Paul put it this way. The Apostle Paul said, I do not fight as one that beateth the air. I'm not shadow boxing. I know my target. And before we even mention the devil, listen to what Paul said. I do not fight as one that beateth the air. But I bring my body under subjection. In fact, he said, and if Sean was here, and I feel like he's going to amen at Publix right now. The word, Paul used the word buffet. I buffet my body. I buffet my body. Did you know buffet is spelled the same way, depending on how it's used as buffet? So, 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 so I can I can just see someone reading in the Word. <laughs> they get to that part and say, "I do not fight as one that beateth the air. I buffet my body." I'm going to Golden Corral and I ain't going to stop. <laughs> I ain't going <laughs> One's a verb and one's a noun. He said, I buffet my body and I bring it under subjection. Can you say man? Listen, when there's a lack of faith, fasting and prayer, bringing the body under subjection is going to bring your mind and thinking with it. Because you're going to begin to tell your body what to do from your spirit instead of your mind getting in the way. Remember when they brought a, brought a young man that cast himself into the fire, he's demon-possessed. He see a fire, he'd jump in it, and his daddy had to pull him out. He probably had burns and scars from burns all over him. And one time he's going to get bad burns, go into shock and kill himself. They brought this young man to the disciples because they figure if they're followers of Jesus, they can do something about this. And they did everything they knew to do with no results. And with that no results, just like we're getting so many people praying with no results, no results, no results, prayer meetings, but no manifestations. Amen. Praying for healing, but no healing. Praying for salvation, but nobody getting saved. Listen to me carefully. That's why it's impossible to please God without faith. Because whatever we ask in prayer believing, you shall receive. What would happen if we start receiving everything that He's provided and everything that He's promised? When through faith they obtained promises, amen, out of weakness they were made strong in Hebrews 11. Come on, you weak people, amen, out of weakness they were made strong. Can you say, man, when you believe God, there's a strength, there's a power released. And you don't have to be sitting on top of the world with the world on the string and the string on your finger. Can you say, man? You can be toe up from the flow up, but when you fall down on your knees and really trust God with it, amen, power is released. Spiritual warfare is one in prayer. Before any manifestation anywhere, it's one when you pray. Hallelujah. When you pray, your enemies turn back. Because God is for you. God is listening. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bring me vessels, not a few. Remember the crucible? You wrote me the message and I agreed with it wholeheartedly. That when we asked how many people wanted to be baptized last Sunday, we were wondering whether to have it. If anybody was showing up, we were to bring me vessels moment. A turning point moment. Bring me vessels. Not a few. If you're going to believe God at all, don't put a limit on him. Don't bring him what you think he's capable of doing by faith. We're, we're, we're serving a more than enough God. He's El Shaddai. Not El Chipo. Can you say, man? El Shaddai. You know what that means? The many-breasted one. Hallelujah. Shad is for breast. Breastfeeding. And when that animal is feeding those little pigs or that dog's feeding those puppies, got to be enough spouts to go around. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And you know what they would do with the runt pig? Did anybody ever see Charlotte's Web? What her daddy was going to do. Anybody see Charlotte's Web? What was daddy going to do to that little runt? Because he couldn't get to a spout because they were all filled up and he was little and he was tiny and he didn't have no strength of root. What is, what, what do they say in Redneck County? Root hog or die. Can you say man? In other words, if you don't root, you're going to starve to death. So root, hog, or die. But the God we served had earned the title and the name El Shaddai. El for God and Shaddai for breasted one. Many breasted one. Hallelujah. You can be the runt of the Christian litter. You can feel like the least in the kingdom of God. You can feel like your faith is so small it's infinitesimal and irrelevant. But God says if you had faith in Him as a grain of mustard seed, you could talk to a mountain that's in between His will and His purpose, and you could tell the mountain to move because you already have His understanding of His will, you have His word on it, and the mountain will obey what you say because He said it first. Remember when Reinhard Bonnke went to Africa as we close? First closing. There may be three or four more. I don't know, but this it's time to close. I know it is. Is that clock right or are we an hour behind or ahead? You fixed it? Oh, man. I thought it was quarter of 12. Reinhard Bonnke went to Africa to preach. His vision, his passion, is to let God's light shine in the dark continent. He was the spearhead and the vanguard of the revival that's occurring in Africa today. When he got there, about 50 people came to a gospel tent to hear the gospel. If you listened, if you came forward, no mighty work was being done, salvation or otherwise. For a week, no more than 50 came. He said, Lord, how am I going to reach Africa for you? Fifty people at a time with so many souls. He said, when you preach tonight, tell them that I'm going to confirm the word. And I'm going to heal 
the sick. And he argued, reason, logic. I'm not Oral Roberts. I don't acknowledge some gift of healing or great healing ministry. I'm a preacher of the gospel, sent here to preach the gospel. And he said the Lord spoke to him again more forcefully and said, Reinhardt, my word in your mouth is no less authoritative than it is in my mouth because it is not your word, it's my word. So speak it with authority. And he said, I preach the gospel. And then I said, and God is going to heal the sick tonight according to his word. And he quoted the, the, the scriptures. And a man who was blind from birth, who had never seen light nor sight, he came he healed him where he stood in the audience. And he came running to the front, crying out, I can see, I can see, I can see, I can see. And everybody that saw that told somebody what happened in that meeting. And the next night, there was over 500 tenfold and when they heard the gospel and God moved by his spirit more came and more came to Christ amen Acts 14 said there sat a man at Lystra who never had walked who heard Paul preach the gospel who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed said to him with a loud voice stand upon your feet Jesus makes you whole and he stood up and he walked and all that saw it turned to the Lord. We need more than just Bible teachers and Bible preachers. We need God. We need God to move. Amen. Everybody's claiming their God is the true God. There's this way to heaven is just as good as that way. We need God to confirm His Word again. Hallelujah. As much as we ever needed it. They went from 50 to 500, from 500 to 5,000, from 5,000 to 50,000. And from 50,000 into the hundreds of thousands. They put the tent up to hell, 50,000, and a wind came and blew it down. And they said it's a good thing it blew it down because we could have never gotten so many people under that tent and they would have been discouraged and turned away. But they held it in the wide open spaces and the clouds opened up. Amen. And people came from all over. And so many people came to know Christ as their Savior. And in one occasion, I showed it at the old Holy Church of God. They had a bonfire. And you know what they were burning? It was a big old bonfire. Flames lifting up. And they were bringing all of their, their, their witchcraft stuff. All of their stuff from the witch doctors. They were bringing all of that junk and throwing at all of the potions and all of the other uh, uh, things that they had. They were throwing it all into the fire and watching it burn up and watching the flames go up. If you're content just to sit here and not use your faith and not mix it with the Word, you will stay burdened. And eventually, under that burden, you will be accusing God. If you don't own it, you're going to blame somebody for it. And if you don't accuse God outright, you will do it indirectly. 
In your heart, it will be occurring, whether it's coming out your mouth or not. And you will blame somebody. Come on, the blame game is common to the flesh. If this person hadn't failed me, if that person had just been faithful. No, quit it, quit it. You've got a God who's committed to you. Come on, you've got a God who's committed himself, gave his son. Quit blaming people for failing you. When you've got a God who is so faithful to you. I need people. But whether I have them or not, I found out I can't always have someone in my corner cheering me on. Have you discovered that? But I've got a God in my corner. Sometimes when I preach and everybody looks at me like a calf at a new gate. To overcome and override that, I feel his good pleasure. He says, son, you brought my message to my people. Now, don't you sweat it no further. Between me and them, not between me and you and them any longer. And somebody is going to take a hold of it. Somebody's going to get healed. Somebody's going to get delivered. Somebody's going to get set free. Somebody's going to get saved. <laughs> Can you say, man, somebody somewhere is going to mix faith to the word and God's going to keep his word to the letter. Hallelujah. Let's finish this. They brought the demon-possessed son to Jesus. And Jesus said, what do you need? And the daddy said, my son has got a devil in him. And he cast him off, cast himself into the fire. And Jesus asked the eternal question. He's going to ask every one of us in this service. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe he required faith? And thank God for the candid, open honesty of this man. Don't ever try to feign faith. Be honest. God wants you to have the real thing. Don't fake it till you make it because you can't make it if you've got to fake it. <laughs> Amen? Amen. What would happen? What would change in your life if every promise became yea and amen? And every promise was obtained. What would happen? Would there be any more joy? Would your joy level go up a notch? You think your joy would jump up? You think a high hallelujah might fill your mouth? You think you could lose your pessimism? You think you could quit being so negative? You think you might have a positive attitude because God's on the throne? You think it might energize your spirit, your mind, and your body? Hallelujah. When at 8.30 at night in J.C. Penney, a prayer got answered. And God let me know the prayer was answered. And my daughter-in-law called me on the cell phone. I said, Papa, because I'm way too cool to be called Grandpa, can you say man? <laughs> I mean, when my, daughter, when my daughter-in-law called and said, Papa, me and my son, me and your grandson, we've received Christ as our Savior. We want to come to church and confess Him publicly. She's already confessing to me. Amen. Been praying for that for a long time. 
Did you see me last Sunday? Did anybody see me? Did I say anything about that? Did I act happy? And was there some joy in me? I'm not talking about the way I crawled out of the baptismal tank after the service is over, the anointing is lifted. Can you say, man? I'm talking about the way I came in this building. I came in this morning with the same attitude. Me and Ruth got on the phone, had a conversation, ended up just talking in tongues. Couldn't express it. What did you do this week? Who did you talk to? Did you come to a place that your human vocabulary could not express your faith and your praise and your adoration and you had to just let the Holy Ghost loose and let Him do it? Hallelujah. Woo! Oh, don't patty cake. Elton John gets better. Come on. Rihanna gets better. Come on. Clap your hands, oh ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Get the Miriam attitude. Get the Miriam attitude. Come on. He parted the Red Sea. He threw that army down. He drowned them out there to deliver us. Come on, daughters of Jerusalem. We can't sit here passive. We can't be nonchalant. Give me a tambourine, somebody. Get ready to dance and shout. Our God is a man of war. He ain't never lost a battle. He just delivered us and destroyed our enemies. Come on, daughters of Jerusalem. Shout and dance and sing His praises. Woo! Where's the joyful sound? Where's the joyful sound? Choir sings three songs. Our Sunday agenda, meet, eat, and retreat. Church starts at 11 o'clock sharp. It ends at 12 o'clock dull. Come on, the choir sung their three, and they sung them good. And we even patted our foot while they sung it. Preacher preached that... 16-minute message. We gave him grace and let him go to 17 before we started to see where Mickey's big and little hand was. Can you say amen? Amen? We want to get to the Golden Corral before the Baptist. The Lord knows if they get there first, there's going to be a long line. And the Methodists are going to be right behind them. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. But where's the joyful sound? Where's the testimonies of God's deliverance? Hallelujah. Where are the people that have found out that if we'll cast our burden on the Lord, He'll sustain us by His grace and strength? Hallelujah. Where are the victors instead of the victims? So the devil don't want you to know what you need to know. I thank God for every deep, dark valley. Because in those valleys, I discovered the faithfulness of God. That it don't take a lot of faith, but you've got to use the faith that you've got. Because faith without corresponding actions is dead. So Jesus says, bring him to me. Do you believe? Yes, but help thou my unbelief. 
nobody's been able to help him. Your disciples couldn't help him. I, I have doubts, and I'm honest, but I want to believe. Help them. Bring him to me. Again, it wasn't a lot of faith. But he obeyed him, didn't he? He didn't just go home and complain. He brought him to Jesus. Come on. Come on. And Jesus cast the devil out of him. And the disciples are peeping around the corner. And they ask the question, loaded question, why couldn't we do it? He said, because of your unbelief. Period. Not because God isn't willing. Don't, don't, don't interpret God's will through unbelief. He must not will us. He w- must will us to die in the wilderness. He must not will us to have the promised land. There's giants and walls and armies. Don't ever interpret God's will through unbelief. You'll never find it. Can you say amen? How be it? These kind goeth only through fasting and prayer. Well, then how is it a faith issue? And prayer we understand. But where's the fasting part? You know what fasting is? When you take this body, and instead of it telling you what to do, you start telling it what to do. Something is occurring in the discipline of the mind. If you can override the body, you can override the mind. Because the mind is telling the body what to do. Believe it or not, your body don't talk to your mind. You say, but brother, remember, I'm hungry. Well, of course you're hungry. Amen? And when you tell your body, because your spirit man says, but I, I need to get close to God. And your mind and your spirit line up, your body follows suit. There's something about reasonings that constantly conflict with faith. If he says it, just do it. Don't try to figure it out. Do it. It's in acting on his word. We've told all night and caught nothing. We're fishermen. This is what we do for a living. We've spent the whole night. We know this lake. We know where the fish are. And we haven't caught one fish. Nevertheless, there it is. There's the discipline. Nevertheless, it don't make any sense. It's not logical or reasonable. Nevertheless, at thy word. It gets down. That's when faith is the purest. When you don't know anything but what he said. And you decide to act on it. They went out in the midst of the lake. They let down their nets. Oh, by the way, he told them, go go get ready for a whole lot of fish. He knew where they were. (laughs) They didn't need no GPS or no radar. All they need to do is act on his word. And they pulled in so many fish, the boat was about to go under the water with the weight of it. And they couldn't haul the net all the way in. And the other ships, see, when you get revived, when I get revived, when I get answers to prayer, it inspires other people. Can you say, man? And the Bible said everybody that saw them came in their boats and helped them get that harvest in. Come on, the devil is counting on nobody breaking loose. Everybody just running with the herd. Everybody meeting the status quo. Everybody being defeated, depressed, and downcast, and negative, and pessimistic. Nobody believing God for anything. But everybody complaining about our condition. Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, 
you shall receive. And you've got to hang in there in prayer without ceasing. Sing, 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 sing. Y'all can tell I, you can tell I've been to the website. Do you want me to preach on what's wrong with the world or you want me to preach what's right with God? Well, that's what I'm going to preach whether you want it or not. Amen? Because, believe it or not, you need faith. Because someday you're going to hit something that only God can handle. And God wants you to believe Him. God wants you to trust Him. Because He wants to handle it. He wants to deliver you. And He wants you to have a testimony. Just like He did John. John, up on that interstate, on the news. Amen. They, they had you on the news. John was a... I think they're going to put... I don't want to get put in the movies that way. Wrong way drivers are killing people up on that interstate. He met a wrong way driver out on that interstate. God intervened for him. He made it past that event that could have easily took his life. Amen. God did that. And when God does things, amen, when God answers prayer, when God does things, when God delivers, it makes news and people take courage in their heart and it encourages other people to release their faith and start trusting God. Hallelujah. So I want your faith to be built. I don't know how long I'm going to preach on faith. But it has become at an all-time low. Church is cut and dried. Alcoholism among preachers is an all-time high. Drug abuse among ministers. Divorce in the preacher's home is on the rise. Divorce in Christian families, same as the world without God. We used to do better. We used to do better. We used to do better. Come on, some of you people have been around a while. The church, Christians used to do better than we're doing. We had a better track record when it comes to answered prayer and working out problems and defeating the enemy. Preachers used to be sanctified. They lived a holy life. You can't count on it anymore. Come on, you can't count on it anymore. Preachers are falling. Families are being busted up. That name the name of the Lord. Tongue-talking people are being shipwrecked. We need the shield of faith. And we need to get close to God. Because the closer I get to God, the more I want to be clean. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. But the more I want to be clean, the closer I'm able to get to God. And I can roll my burden over onto the Lord. I want us to go forward. I want to open the doors to this city once again. As long as I got breath and I'm still here. And we got a reputation for a church where, where God's presence comes. Amen. That's better than all the buildings and steeples and programs in the world. If people discover God is moving. God is answering prayer. God is delivering. God is setting free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there's people in here not just hearing the joyful sound. But there are people in here making the joyful sound. Can you say amen? Will you stand to your feet today? And brother, will you come? Did you get anything out of this teaching? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many believe if Jesus asked for water, you could just bring it to him?
Hallelujah. If he said roll the stone away, do you think you could just say, you know something? I'm just going to roll it away, see what happens. Hallelujah. Let him take care of the heavy lifting. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. After a while, the Lord will challenge every person in this room. Everybody knows what to say, and you're probably good at saying it. But after a while, you've got to quit talking the talk. And you've got to start walking the walk. Because you can't just talk this thing. You've got to walk it out. You walk it out when the troubles come. That's when we walk it out. That's when we have to walk through it with God. That's when we have to give it to Him and trust Him. And that's when we see His deliverance. God is so faithful. God is so good today. There's none like Him. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Thank you, Father. How many would stand up and proclaim Him in the face of the enemy right now? You will proclaim Jesus. You will proclaim Jesus. You're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Not ashamed of the Christ of the gospel. Let the world say what they will, do what they will. You're not ashamed today. If you're not ashamed to stand up for Jesus, then stand up for the Bible. Stand up for the Word of God. When the devil tells you to doubt and tempt you to fear, stand up and proclaim God's Word is true. And I'm going to stand up for it and stand on it. And I'm going to act on it in the name of Jesus. And all my, the worries... And the cares and the fears, I'm going to give them to God. And I'm going to shout victory because God's got it. And God can take care of these things. And until He does, I'm going to live in the peace and the power and the love and the joy of His presence. Can you say amen? How many would be so bold to say, Lord, stir me? You say, man, would you ask him to do it? Stir me today. Stir me today. Let's give him praise in this place. If I'm ever in Charlotte, North Carolina, I'm going to that church of God that we're going to worship with in closing today.